0: Welcome to another edition of Turned Out of Punk. I'm your host, Damien Abraham, and today I am bringing you another episode with someone who grew up listening to punk, may or may not still be involved in punk, but had their life changed by the genre in a major way. And today on the show, it's a bit of a celebration, because tonight, if you're listening to this episode the day it dropped, or as it drops, or the afternoon after it dropped, because I'm going up a little later than I wanted to... We are seeing the premiere of the wrestlers, the show on Viceland that myself, my friends Jeff and Nathan and Yuji and Colin and Sarah and Grady and we all and and more people like you know, Tanya and Patrick and Michael and like just so many people, Chris, just worked so hard on. But today, we have one of the stars of the very first episode. This is a wild episode, everyone. Get ready. This might be one of the most intense episodes of T.O.P. yet. Darby Allen, professional wrestler for AEW and formerly of Evolve Wrestling, is on the show. And buckle up. Get ready. This is a wild one. Uh, but first, if you want to get in touch with me, you can head over to Damien Abraham. Oh, no, no, that's not the right place. Sorry. You can find me at turnedoutapunkpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on various forms of social media at Left Damien. If you'd like to support this podcast, the best way of doing that is by telling all of your friends, letting everyone out there know that you listen to this thing and you like what we do here. Also, you can support it by subscribing to it and rating it on your podcast platform, of choice. Speaking of support, this show would not be possible without the kind, loving support of the fine folks at Vans. Vans came on board a while ago and said, "We like what you do, and we want you to keep doing it, and we don't want you to, uh, you know, do it out of your own pocket." And more than that, they also said, "We do these parties called the House of Vans, and we want you to come to them and do podcasts and and just hang out." Like I played them before in my band, but. You know, I get to do this, too. And, my gosh, the House of Vans lineup for this summer in Chicago is ridiculous. we got friends of the show, Julian Baker and Converge, curating events there. There's also events curated by the breeders. And it, it, look it up. House of Vans, Chicago. Look at that schedule. It is unreal. Hopefully, I'll be at a few of those. There's a bunch of those I'd like to go. The three I mentioned off the top of my head, but there's, there's more. They are... Yeah, so thank you, Vans, for the loving support of this podcast. And, and you believing in this thing. You know, believing in me. You know, speaking of believing in me and supporting this podcast, thank you to my brother, Tristan Abraham. You know, producer. Does, this, does a lot of shit for this thing. You know, really, really thank you, Tristan. I, I really need to thank you for that. All right. Uh, I think that's, oh, there's also a Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash punk. I put up footnotes on there. I'm going to be doing more stuff as time uh, kind of permits now that this show is launched. And I really appreciate everyone on that Patreon thing so far. Um, you guys, uh, you people, sorry, are amazing. And yeah, that means a lot. So thank you for supporting the Patreon and making this thing possible. These people are making this thing free too, people. So you you owe them a debt as well. Well, you don't owe them, but I appreciate you. Pre- you know, let's move on. All right, today on the show, the culmination of a story arc that has existed on Turned Out of Punk for, like, years. Years! The Wrestlers, the TV series that myself and uh, all the people I mentioned off the top worked on um, for a long time, the show that I was trying to make for years before that, finally comes out tonight. And my gosh, does it start with a bang? So, today on the podcast, we have uh, 10 p.m. tonight on Viceland, is when that show airs, by the way. So, today on the podcast, we have kind of one of the stars, one of the three stars of this episode, in addition to Fred High and Austin Theory, Darby Allen. Darby Allen, of course, is the one who had to come on this podcast because he is a straight edge wrestler who took his first name from legendary vocalist of the Germs. Darby Crash and his last name from infamous vocalist from the Murder Junkies and and all sorts of other (laughs) incarnations of bands Gigi Allen and he is the embodiment of both of those people in a straight edge form in a wrestling context Uh, this is a wild episode this is an episode that you know if you if you were like myself when Jackass was on TV and you're thinking I wonder what the effects of this are going to be Unlike the little kids that are watching this at the time. Well, guess what? Danger Aaron, former guest of the show. This is what you have to answer for, my friend. Darby Allen is, without a doubt, one of the wildest wrestlers I've ever seen. And after this podcast, one of the wildest guests we've ever had on this show. I'm not going to ramble on anymore. Please, please set your DVR. Tell all your friends. Throw a party tonight. Treat it like it's, you know, uh, you know Raw versus... Uh, Versus um, Nitro back in the day Tonight have a party And put it on the show The wrestlers 10pm on Viceland But until that Sit back, relax And enjoy Darby Allen Enjoy seems like a I don't know, a little bit of a misdirection uh, On Turned Out a Punk Darby, thank you so much For coming on the show Technically again
1: Yeah. The first time got fucked.
0: The first time got fucked. My computer, unfortunately, did not record the first time, but now you are back again. I'm I'm honored to have you on because, you know, I feel like even though you've only been on the show this time, I feel like I've interviewed you now so many times that I've just been waiting for a chance to do it properly for this podcast.
1: Yeah. And I've been waiting myself to get... Some shit out there.
0: Absolutely. Well, let's get that shit out there, shall we? I'm going to start this off, Darby, the way I start them all off, which is, Darby, how'd you get into punk? Do you remember the first time you ever came across the genre?
1: Yeah, skating downtown in Seattle. And then I saw a Circle Jerks poster on the telephone pole, and I was like, Circle Jerks? that looks cool. Like it just looked cool. Like the poster and stuff like yeah, that.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, I was like, let's check that out. So I checked it out and then that was like, you know, my first like punk rock show, but. So what, what album would that, that have been huh?
0: Like when would that have been to see the circle jerks?
1: How old was that?
0: Yeah. Like what, what, what year approximately? I'm just trying to place when in the 2008. career. 2008. Oh, that's awesome. So like, that would have been like that time they got back together and I guess they did like maybe a year, a good year of touring before Keith broke up the band again. Um, but yeah, like what an incredible band. Like, I, I don't know. I, I've got such a soft spot cause they were one of my first concerts too, even though they didn't show up when I went to see them. But what was that first show? Like, it was sick. Like
1: the whole world, like opened up right when I walked in there. Cause there was like an element of danger, sketchiness and just weird Fox like this dude, like tried to like sneak a heroin needle in his shoe and, but security found it. And it was just like, Like, oh man, this is where I need to be.
0: Like, this is exciting. You know, like, goddamn. So, (laughs) where you grew up in Seattle? Yeah. So, when growing up, were you like, you know, what kind of music were you into growing up? Was that your first concert you ever went to, period? Actually,
1: Turbo Negro was my first concert.
0: Really? You don't consider them a punk band? I do.
1: But at the time, I really didn't think of it as punk rock. You know what I mean? I just thought of it as like, you know, like fucking like, yeah, hang, you know, and I was like, fuck. You know, I was like, I don't even know. It was, I just never like, you know, when I think of punk rock, you know, I think of like crass or the nuns or, you know what I mean? Like at the time I was just thinking like that ah, fucking whatever, but.
0: Well, that's also really, something really interesting I found about you is cause your definition of punk rock, like you're, you're younger than myself, but you have a very traditional definition of what punk rock is. I find. Yeah.
1: Um, it's just talking about like band genres and yeah, stuff I'm like talking that. About, like, like, broadly
0: speaking band genres, but the bands that you like, like, you know, like you're, you're, you're into what I'm trying to say, I guess, is that you're into old school punk rock.
1: Yeah. Just anarcho-punk. Anything that cross records like put out is fucking sick. So,
0: <laughs> but where did that kind of like, I guess actually, we're jumping ahead. Why, why did you go to that turbo Negro concert way back when? Like what drew you to that? See them?
1: Um, I just remember their songs always like in skate videos and stuff like that. And then I was, like, hooked on, like, Turbo Negro Must Be Destroyed, the song itself. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, my God, that's that fucking band. And they just came out with the album Retox. And then uh, I knew they were doing their big-ass tour, and I just thought it'd be, like, something sick. Because, like, Hank, his, like, stage persona is so strong and, like, fucking groovy. So I was like, ah, as a young man, I was very attracted to that.
0: It must have been, like, such a weird first show though, to go to, right? Like they, they like, even if they were kind of like a little more tame than they were in their, you know, earlier days, but their fans were fucking wild and freaks back then. Yeah. A bunch of motherfucking sailor, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, was, what was that like as a young kid kind of entering that world for the first time?
1: Oh, well, that was, it was awesome. Like, you know, it's like my whole life I've been drawn to like, you know, homeless people you know, like just weird tweakers. Like they're just like, I don't know. Cause like I'm straight edge, but like looking at people like that are at their like worst is so like, I'm like a magnet to that. So it's like, I see like all these like crazy, like fans that just seem like, so like, they're like, dog damn it. Like they looked at one cracked out sailors. And it was, it was sick though. I had a good time.
0: Well, you've always been straight edge too, right? Yeah. Was that just like, it's just something that never held any appeal to you whatsoever.
1: No, just watching like friends, like skate friends, like, and then family just like fuck up life for like what, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like just some bullshit, like alcohol and like whatever crack
0: and stuff. (laughs) Where did skateboarding come into your life? Like when did you first see that?
1: Oh, damn. Back in like middle school. I just thought like, you know, I used to. It used to do, like, amateur wrestling. Like, I won, like, third in state in Idaho in, like, fifth grade. And, like, no one really knows that, you know? You yeah. no wouldn't know that if saw me. But uh, I just remember just, like, the more I started, like, growing up, I was just like, damn, dude, I really don't like to be told, like, what to do. Like, you know, like – Re- amateur wrestling practice is like a, a 10 hut, like 10 pushups. You know, if you, yeah. if you, if you're a, if you're a jack off, you do it a hundred, you know, like, and I was like, dude, I want to live by my own rules and do whatever the hell I want. And then, uh, skateboarding, like you were your own, like, you know, there's so much artistic freedom and you do whatever the hell you want. So,
0: Well, it's so funny. Cause like, you know, looking at you, you know, in the ring, but also physically, like you're like an athlete, you know? And I guess early on, like, I had no idea. I've interviewed you like, I don't know for hours now, cumulatively. And I had no idea you were an amateur wrestler before, you know, finding skateboarding.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I I did like amateur wrestling. I did football. I did track and field. I did
0: uh, air hockey. Air hockey. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's the sport I can get behind Darby. (laughs) You've got me again with that one. Yeah, I, I played
1: an instrument called the skin flute.
0: Yeah. I, I think, I think I've experienced that instrument as well in my time, uh, on stage yeah. as well. Uh, what, when, <laughs> when, when you were like, uh, when, when you're kind of like, you know, in this period of, you know, involved in all these activities involved in all these sports and things like that, was it something that your parents were pushing you into or were you kind of like just going with the flow at that point? And, you know, cause like you're someone who, you know, once again, like, even though you're an athlete, you're, you walked away from all this. Yeah, like my uh, my grandpa,
1: I guess I've never met him. My dad's never met him, but he played for like the NFL, like uh, the Vikings and stuff like that. And then my dad was like really into football. Like uh, Richland Bombers, they won state back in nineteen 19- fucking hundreds. I don't know when, but like, uh, yeah. It was, but it wasn't never like, hey, you're gonna do football, motherfucker. It was more like you want to do football? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, look, I want to wrestle too. I only wrestled, I only did amateur wrestling because I thought it was going to be professional wrestling when I was like in fifth grade. Yeah. And I got (laughs) like mats and I was like, where's the chairs?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Were you watching wrestling when you were younger?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: What were your first? Then I I, go on.
1: Oh, I I was watching wrestling a lot when I was younger, but then I like stopped watching it once I started skating. But then I came back to, Mm
0: -hmm it's almost like skateboarding and punk rock are like year zeros for you when you get into them, right? Like you have to almost throw out everything else you were into prior to being into them.
1: Yeah. It's uh it's a weird thing, but I feel like the culture's so strong that you're like, damn man, I, you know, I wish I had this like forever, you know? Yeah. But uh, it's a weird, it's a weird thing.
0: But it's also like, you know, it's so all consuming. Like, I wonder if you got into like, I don't know, I guess and maybe it's like that for all other genres too, but like when you get into them, there there's like you have to shed your other skin first.
1: Yeah, it's it's like weird, and then you kind of forget what life was like before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's weird. It's like <laughs> Damn.
0: I was like that. Yeah, I can't I can I cannot picture you as like, a, like uh like you know, pardon me saying this, but a jock.
1: Yeah, yeah back in fifth grade, I wanted to be uh like tan as fuck. And I lived in, I I, I lived in Idaho. So I I grabbed like tanning lotion and I put it on and put my face in front of a heater for like hours. (laughs) And then I was all like, damn dude, I look fucking like a, I was red as fuck. I don't know. I just, I thought I was like Laguna beach Darby. You know,
0: (laughs) it's funny. Cause like, you know, uh, you know, you're doing this obviously to get a tan, but it also kind of sets the tone for your, like, pre-wrestling life, which we're going to get into, I'm sure. But, like, doing all these sorts of extreme stunts.
1: Yeah. Your yeah.
0: Extreme tanning at a young age.
1: Yeah. I just, I lived, like, at the time I said I lived in Idaho and it was, like, fucking snowy as hell all the time. And I was like, dude, I felt like I looked like a damn Twilight vampire.
0: <laughs> What was it like going from Idaho to uh, Seattle, Washington, like just as, as like a change in perspective?
1: Oh, they're literally like the same to me, but Seattle's more like, you know, has the city. So it's like a lot more like, like, ah, you're in like the thick of things compared to like, you know, kind of out there in the middle of nowhere.
0: Like, what were the, what was some of the stuff that you were kind of like, you know, into while you were skateboarding? Like, obviously you're getting into these bands that you're seeing in these videos, but like, you know, were you watching, was Jackass on TV at this point too?
1: Yeah, it was on actually earlier when I was like in like first grade or something.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh man, you are much younger than me. Oh my God.
1: (laughs) Were you watching? it,
0: It was. Sorry, go on. Oh yeah, that that shit was
1: on. Yeah, I was I was watching all everything like you know, and then uh, I felt like if I could make a living being an asshole or just being like having like weird ass adventures go on and if you can get paid for that, that's like the ultimate dream. Like all my friends like they're like I'm going up and being an accountant at Wells Fargo and I'm like, "Yo, fuck that." So
0: it's awesome because like Danger Earn was on the podcast a, a couple months ago. And on, on his episode, you know, like he's talking about getting into jackass, but it's amazing to see that you're like the generation of people that grew up seeing it and then took that influence and applied it to something else completely different. Like, obviously what you're doing now is a lot more, you know, skill orientated than jackass stuff was, but like the, just the extreme nature of what you do. It's obvious like that has somehow influenced (laughs) the, the way you approach wrestling
1: yeah wrestling in life in general like had a lot of like just crazy like pranks and stunts that i've done like and i still do and uh i don't know i just think that that lifestyle it's it's so entertaining to just see what kind of debauchery you can get yourselves into
0: (laughs) we've jumped way ahead i gotta go way back so after you go to the circle jerk show Uh, Where did you kind of go from there? Like, you know, as you said, you had this whole new world opened up to you that night. Where was your next kind of move? Damn,
1: just um, pretty much getting into, like, who started punk rock. And I was obsessed with, like, documentaries, like, you know, The Filth and the Fury, and then, like, the Ramones documentary, End of the Century, and then, like... Just a bunch of like those things, and I was like, oh, this is like crazy. I just want to see where it came from, you know what I mean? And then, and then the other things like prior, like Iggy Pop and shit. But uh, from there, it just like took over my life, and I was like, you know, full blown on board with like everything. And then, then you start discovering like all these other like bands that, you know, that were better to me than the Sex Pistols or the Ramones, you know? And I sound, I know that sounds crazy, but like, uh, like, you know, for example, like, you know, the nuns and stuff like that, I've always like thought that was like one of the best punk bands there is. Mm-hmm. But, uh, um, yeah. Would they you just have,
0: went, sorry. Where would, would you have seen them in like decline of Western civilization, I guess for the first time who the nuns? Yeah. No, no. I'm actually like, when they open uh, open up for the
1: sex pistols last gig
0: oh yeah that footage there's there's footage of that i've never watched that video i got to see that yeah
1: they play uh, like all their songs like lazy i remember like lazy was the first like song i heard and i was like oh this is fucking awesome <laughs> damn
0: <laughs> where were you discovering music at this point like where are you finding out about these bands or accessing this stuff right were you going to record stores or on the internet or S- uh, skate friends and stuff like that uh friends and there's
1: always like shows like I'd you know whatever show would be in town if I knew it was a punk show no matter who was playing I didn't know who the band was I would go and you would just learn who they are and that's like a big thing with like say subhumans and uh all that you know stuff like that so I would see, I saw them when I was, like, really young, like, not soon after Circle Jerks, and I was like, damn, like, this is, this is crazy, so.
0: Mm-hmm. They were an amazing band.
1: Yeah, and then, like, you know, like, Leftover Crack and all that stuff was awesome, too, so.
0: What were, yeah, what were some of the local bands happening around that time, or what local bands you were into?
1: There wasn't too much local bands in Seattle at the time that, you know, I, like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that, like, Andy. Thing, kind of like there i forgot i can't even remember like i know there was like one band that always open up for everybody and then they'd pay, bring like pig guts to the show and then people would i can't remember the fucking name but,
0: like literal pigs guts yeah and they just and dump it on the, the floor
1: yeah they, they, uh, <laughs> and by the time the main band would come up you know like the whole place would be either s- smelling like big ass work, yeah and then it would just be like slippery as hell you know so
0: that's insane what do the bands sound like uh god
1: they they sounded kind of like u.s bombs why would you book them more than
0: once <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, you because i think I think they were, they did it in secret. Like they had like a plant in the audience sneak the pig guts in. So they'd constantly be like, oh, it wasn't us. It was, <laughs>
0: it was just some know, random dude again. Damn Henry's <laughs> fucking sneaking in my uh, It's like, okay, you guys can play again, but you promise you're not going to bring the pig guts, right? Yeah, <laughs> we <laughs> promise. Tee hee hee hee. Uh,. So what were the shows like that you were going to at that time? Like you mentioned, you know, that first circle jerk show seeing someone try and, and bring a hypodermic needle in. Like was it was it like a younger crowd? Is it like an older crowd or
1: It was older for sure. Yeah. I always remembered being like the youngest person in the audience for like ever. And then it was <laughs> you know, and it's like it was it was sick though, you know what I mean? But and there's a lot of shows like uh we'd go to that were like twenty one and over, but I was only like 13, 14 at the time. So, like, there was a bunch of kids outside that weren't 18 and, and couldn't get in. So, like, I remember the germs, like, when Shane West was, like, the lead singer. He actually came outside and, like, played for all of us, and we had a mosh pit in the street, and, like, they were, like getting in front of traffic and shit, and I was like, yeah, he's like, you oh, fuck these over, you know, over-age shows, like, everyone should be in here. So, it was sick so of Mr. Shane to do that.
0: That's awesome. Is the reason I got a germs burn. My germs burn comes fr- from him, lineage-wise, <laughs> so uh, I owe him that for life. <laughs> you owe him a mosh pit, I owe him a germs burn. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so at this point, like, you know, you're you're finding this music, but, like, the stuff you're into, like, as you kind of said earlier, like, this is, like, the opposite of, of straight edge in a lot of yeah. ways, right? Like, was were you already familiar with that term? Like, obviously, you identified with being drug free for, for a lot of reasons larger than just music and stuff. But like, were you aware of straight edge punk or like
1: at that time? Yeah. I I always heard of minor threat and like H2O and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So I was always like into it, but, um, yeah, it's kind of, you know, I kind of like it when, um, like I was saying earlier, when Someone's like singing about being up there, like roads end, like you know, like Gigi Allen's like country stuff is like my favorite. It's just like,
0: I think that's the first time anyone has said that ever. Gigi <laughs> Allen's country stuff is my favorite. It's just so, like, you know, I don't know, it's just like
1: fucking Snake Man's Dance and Son of Evil, all that stuff is like. Grimby.
0: Well, it's it's funny because you mentioned no, well, it's not funny, but sorry, you mentioned Darby Allen or the Germs, Shane West being the the stand-in for Darby Allen at that point. But you also, you know, now we're talking Gigi Allen. Your namesakes couldn't be further from who you. Well, I know, I guess you are kind of, you know, not saying you're crazy or anything, but you are a pretty wild human being. When it comes to other antics that don't involve self-destruction from drugs and alcohol. But, but yet you are like the opposite of, you know, Darby Allen and Gigi Allen being two people that both died of drug overdoses.
1: Yeah. And, um, in a way I planned that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, uh, I just thought like, damn, like these people's character heuristics were so damn strong you know, and they're, like, legend is, like, so, like, they're, you know, it's so strong. Like, I went to the Museum of Death in Los Angeles, like, the other day, and they had that whole Shrine of G.J. Allen's, like, clothes, like, the leather jacket and the skirt he was wearing when he died, like, on a mannequin in there, and I was, like, oh, my God, like, they got this whole, a whole room dedicated to him, and I was just, like, and then all his interviews and all that shit, I was, like, dude, like, this shit is so strong, like, it's, like, even if you don't like it, you're kind of like sucked into it you know what I mean so
0: yeah you're right like uh, there's a revulsion to it as much as there's an attraction to it <laughs> yeah yeah so. have you ever seen the murder junkies without him?
1: yeah De- Merle and fucking Dino and all the band were supposed to play at my wedding <laughs> and Dino actually is a legal ordained minister and he was supposed to wed us really And we were going to do the thing where, like, you know how he plays up there naked on stage. And at the end of the night, he's like, "Okay, who wants to shove a drumstick up my ass? Come up here. (laughs) And I was like, he tried to have me and Priscilla do that at the show in Atlanta. And I was like, oh, no, maybe next time.
0: Maybe on our wedding day.
1: (laughs) Yeah. He's like, do you want me to do the ceremony naked? I'm like, no, hell no. What the? But then like. It like it it sucked because it it fell through so last second. I was so hyped to have the Murder Junkies play my wedding. Just like you know, <laughs>
0: oh God that would God insane. that would have been insane. Who would have been the singer? Who's singing for them these days?
1: Uh, I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but he's been the same. There's been the same
0: singer for like years now. I will fix this in the uh, intro and get the correct name for the Murder Junkies' current singer. Uh, that that would that would have been a, a wedding to be remembered. But I think. You know, that's one of those things that might seem like a really good idea on paper, but the murder junkies wedding in reality might turn out to be, you know, not what the family wants.
1: Oh, it's not what the family wants. It's what I want. <laughs> that's true. We, uh, yeah, the whole weekend was pretty much spent around me torturing my uncle. So, <laughs> what do you He want was like super, hung, super hung over and we buried him in the sand and where his head was sticking out. And then he was just like sleeping, and my friend like walked over and pissed in his face. <laughs> he what? woke up and he was, like, "He was so pissed off." We're like, "Oh, no! It's it's like salt water from the ocean. Don't worry." He's like, "That's that's fucking urine." <laughs> and this <was> is like, <laughs> and then we tortured DJ Z too. Uh, you know DJ Z?
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: he was actually the DJ at my wedding.
0: So. And then you just decided to torture him as as a thank you for DJing the wedding.
1: Yeah, like because he was flying in, and then I was in the parking lot and the cell phone lot at the airport and then I had a Dunkin Donuts cup and I just chugged this Dunkin Donuts and I was like oh my god when's DJ Z gonna come out I got I have really bad diarrhea like what am I gonna do like I can't find a bathroom so I took the cup and I crapped in it and it filled up like no light to like the Brent like the top of the cup and it looked like a frappe or something so then we had my friend who DJ Z had no idea who he was we had him pretend to be a hitchhiker in the back seat so i was like yo dj when i was picking you up for the airport i picked up this hitchhiker and then we had my friend hold the cup and my friend was like hey would you want a chocolate frappe and he gave it to djz and djz was looking at it <laughs> and then like you know it's like dude djz looked at me and he's like yo this fucking hitchhiker man this ain't this ain't a frappe this is fucking shit <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and and then the, we had—he just acted like a sketchy ass hitchhiker in the back. And then <laughs> DJZ was about to vomit, so I always, I always like to tell that story
0: because uh, I've—I I gotta say, being your friend, Darby, is a very intense experience. Sometimes, right? Like <laughs> I've seen you also mace a friend at, at point blank range, you know. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember.
1: Yeah, I we we maced that one friend of mine in the skate at the skate ramp. It, it was a good time.
0: Oh my gosh, man! Okay, well, let's get back to the journey because I'm sure there's going to be more stories <laughs> involving shitting in pizza boxes coming up. Uh, in fact, I know there's going to be some stories involving shitting in pizza boxes coming up. Uh, where did you? <laughs> where where did your kind of uh, love of film? start? You know, you mentioned these documentaries. I know you make film and I know that is something that's a huge influence on you. When did that start for you? God, when I
1: was like little, I just had this like, uh, this like weird eighties, like VHS, like camera that I would always film like short skits with, with like my friends in the neighborhood and stuff. And then, uh, I was obsessed with it and I always make these crazy, like acting movies back in high school. And then like, I actually, um, I went to film school. I think I told you that at one part in our.
0: Yeah. yeah. I don't think you've told yeah. We haven't talked about it on this interview though. So we should, uh, but like, yeah, like, so you, you went to film school eventually, right? Yeah. It, it was like,
1: I, I ended up dropping out because they didn't let me be me. And I was pissed. Cause I've moved to Arizona to go to film school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like, why is there rules, you know, at film school right now, you know, we're all of age. We can all like, create whatever the hell we want to create. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, we had to, this project where you had to film. Like, he had one day to film it, and it had to be filmed on the school campus. And then so I wrote the script, and we were filming it, where I was a janitor, and I kept losing my job all the time. And then my roommate was like, if you lose one more job, you're kicked out of this fucking apartment. So I came, I went to work and I was in the script it was me working at like a plastic surgery hospital so there was this doctor who was doing breast implants and I guess one of the uh boobs escaped the laboratory and then uh I uh went to the this like shop to get one of these like inflatable boobies called like booby dodgeball but it was like a boob that you play dodgeball with so that was like the evil villain in the movie so I'm I'm cleaning, I'm cleaning the bathroom as the janitor, I walk in and then we smeared like a bunch of fake shit all over the school bathroom. And then in the, on the mirror and fake doo, we wrote like leave now. And then I was like, as the character of the janitor, I was like, fuck this, I'm gone. And then I remembered my friend telling me, if you lose another job, you're kicked out of here. And I was like, fuck this, I got to clean this bathroom. I can't leave. You can't afford to get fired. So I walked in there and then I see the, the, the boob floating in the toilet and then it sh- jumps out at me and then. I get knocked, my head falls in the toilet. But as we were filming this, my teacher came in and then she's like, what the hell did you do to this bathroom? And she's like, and she sees the boob, like just floating around the toilet. She's like, what is that? You can't do that here. You know, I was like, I was like, come on, what do you mean? You know what I mean? And she's like, no, like clean, you you can't do that. This is inappropriate. I'm like, but we're like, you know, in college, like what the hell? (sighs) So it's a funny story because, like, the same day I got the chest tattoo that says nothing's over till you're underground is I was covered in fake shit from filming that. And I had no time to, like, shower. So I showed up to the tattoo parlor with, like, fake shit, like, corn and all this stuff, like, stuck on me. It was, like, covered. And he's like, Yo, what that? You can't sit in my chair like that. And I was like, oh, that's cool. It's fake. Like, I would come with real shit on me.
0: <laughs> and it was fake, though, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> There's like a 40% chance that it wasn't actually fake. No. Know. Uh, uh, like back though, like you also like, you know, are obviously someone who watches a lot of film too and watches a lot of movies and things like that. Where were, where were you kind of seeing that stuff growing up? Was there like a good video store around you or was it like TV or once again, internet? Oh, it was my,
1: my daddy's, uh, VHS collection. He would like just have like I remember just the most like obscene things we would watch like when I was young like you know like pink flamingos and stuff like that.
0: That's fucking awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was sick. You know, so I always thought that was like, oh man, like this stuff's like real. I think they're really having a three-way with a chicken. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, but, yeah, well, I think John Waters is another person that you know, the line between. Real and fake is is blurred sometimes yeah, most definitely uh, and it's funny you bring up John Waters because like you know that's someone else we've never talked about, but I could totally you know finding out that that was like a very early influence on you, I can definitely see that in your sense of humor
1: yeah, I just like uh you got your Hollywood movies, which are lovely, you know, but uh they got the Hollywood movies where like you know they have fake props, but I always like John Waters because it was like real, you know what I mean like. Yeah. And it was it's kinda you know, a lot like Jackass. You like obviously it's like all it's all real and I always thought like, oh that's sick. So my new movie that I'm directing and that I'm gonna like try to enter in some film festivals, like a lot of it's real, you know what I mean? Like so
0: Yeah, like it it's you know, and, and also wrestling's that way too, right? Like it's real, right? Like everything hurts, right? Like we're talking <laughs> we're talking <Yeah>. before <laughs> about, you know, this, this match that you had last night. And yeah, like it, it looked like it fucking hurt. And you're telling me, yeah, it really fucking hurt.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It really hurts. Like, I don't know. Like, and I wrestled, I wrestled Brody at PWG like on Friday and we used the skateboard and then I got power bombed onto the skateboard <laughs> yeah. and I just remembered being like, damn man, like just the grip tape just sliced my arms up. And, but it's, you know, it's real.
0: It's every, yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, I don't know how you could watch someone get power bombed through a skateboard. and I, I, thanks God for the internet, have been able to watch that moment now myself, uh, and, and think like, oh, they they found a way to make that not hurt. Yeah,
1: there's no way around (laughs) that one.
0: No, there's, there's no way to fake that. There's no way to make that not incredibly painful, I would imagine. Thankfully, I have not experienced it myself, but I will once again live vicariously through you on that one. Uh, When you moved to Arizona, though, you also – that's when you started getting into wrestling too, right? Yeah, that's when I actually
1: like – got reintroduced into wrestling because i remember i started going to like my first indie shows and i was like going to film school and then i like thought i was like damn man do i want to be behind the camera for my 20s or do i want to be in front of it and i thought like professional wrestling i was like oh with all my years of crazy skateboarding like this could be like you know physical broadway you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so i was like i was like oh i could do that I'm gonna do it, but at the time I was only 120 pounds because I was like living off of five dollars a week at the dollar store, like shopping for like. I was not, you know, I was just a skate rat. You know what I mean? So.
0: Yeah. What? Where did that impetus come for you to want to go to film school? Like, what was driving that? Because, like, you know, you're obviously having to uproot yourself and and kind of like suffer to do it.
1: Um, I just wanted. I was like always just wanted to film movies and, like, make these, like, crazy films and documentaries. Like, big-time documentaries is going to be, like, one of my, you know, so. Yeah. And I was actually starting to film a documentary when I was in film school based off of Craigslist fetishes. Oh, really? Yeah. And then uh, I think I told you the story about Jimmy Kimmel's cousin, right? I don't think you did tell me the story. He was gonna be the test subject, so he was gonna do all. We're gonna find crazy, like five fetishes that were, was like super crazy. Oh, you and told me was, about
0: knowing Jimmy Kimmel's cut. You told me like about the relationship, but I didn't know idea that he was gonna be in this movie.
1: Yeah, he was gonna do. Uh, he was gonna be the guy who does each fetish, but I didn't want it to seem like some stupid like. Like, oh, this is like a porn video. It's not what it was about. It was supposed to be like a funny documentary. Like, you know what I mean? Like inside the mind of the people that do this, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. yeah. Where did you, uh, you know, you mentioned making these films earlier and you, and I know you've, you know, been on, you know, some stuff before for filming these incredible kind of pranks and stunts. Where did that start for you? Oh,
1: just being bored in Seattle pretty much. And, you know, like when the weather was like complete crap, like you would just like sit with your friends and just try to come up with like weird stuff to entertain yourselves. And before you knew it, like it was like super like we were filming like the most outlandish things. Like we had a lot of like free time in Seattle, I'd say, because like where I was living at the time, there wasn't a lot to do after school because we were like 30 minutes from the city. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, obviously nobody had cars back then. So we used to have things like on Wednesday, every Wednesday, we'd have like uh backyard, like fighting in my backyard. Like people would fight for money in my backyard. And then,
0: uh, was this like backyard wrestling or more like backyard MMA
1: type stuff? Backyard <laughs> MMA. Like they were being the shit each other, but the, here's the twist. We would make a ring circle pit. That they'd fight in of dog shit. (laughs) So they would be people would be fighting in dog shit for like money. And like the winner got like ten dollars. It was crazy. Like looking back on it, like, you know, cause there's like neighborhood kids like, Oh yeah, ten dollars, I can, you know, buy some beer, you know, and like you know, it's like
0: wait, where would you score that much dog shit? Oh, we,
1: the neighborhood, like, we, like, we, uh, all the people in the neighborhood, yeah. they all had dogs, and then we would all, I'd, like, make the run Tuesday night and pick up all the dog trap and fill it up but like, in big bags.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And then they'd fight, in it. and then it was insane. People were, like, putting their each other's, like, mouths, like, going for the kill. Like, he's going <laughs> to tap, tap out from just dogs in his mouth. They're going to quit. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah, we don't like Dan. Either. We didn't
0: know what to do with ourselves. Maybe exposure to pink flamingos so young wasn't a great influence.
1: <laughs> yeah, that and Jackass,
0: that and everything. Oh, uh, where? Did he... So, you, were you guys filming the the shit fights? Yes, I have. I have the shit fights on film still. So. Man, you have the hardest backyard fetid of any wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Shit fight.
0: <laughs> it's like a. Me and uh, Ethan, me and Ethan Page's
1: off match, the one where I broke my elbow. I was actually trying to have a shit fight.
0: That was one of those. That was one of the things that you wanted to do.
1: Yeah, who needs a last man standing match
0: when you have a shit fight? I think that is. I think you versus him is one of my favorite pairings I've ever seen in wrestling.
1: Yeah, it was it was an awesome time. Oh, it was God. like uh, Ethan's so like awesome with like storytelling and. Something I feel like is so kind of rare almost on the indies because so much people just get caught up in having like match of the year candidate every night, but they don't have no rhyme or reason to why they're fighting. You know what I mean? So
0: Yeah. But it was also just like everything, especially you and Priscilla, like obviously pre marriage. But at this point, like, you know, it was like the, the, the punk guy and, and, and his, his goth, uh, girlfriend versus the jock. And and his and his football buddies.
1: Yeah, it was it was it was a good time.
0: Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. Little did I know that the punk was also a football buddy. But hey, that was then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> How was then?
0: <laughs> Where did you go from? Uh, you know, you mentioned going to these indie shows in Arizona. What were what was your first? Like, what drew you back to wrestling? Um. Damn. Like when I actually got like wrestlers
1: that were like actually relatable as human beings, like CM Punk and all those people, you know? And then I was like, Oh, okay. So they're not just, you know, college athletes, you know what I mean? Like there's people, Oh, this is sick. Like, this is interesting. And then I just remembered, I was like, dude, I was 21 when I first started wrestling. I was like, it's now or never. Like I need to like, just go for it. See how it is at least.
0: Had you, like, tried, you know, like, you know, you were doing obviously these these things in your backyard before, but had you, like, tried backyard wrestling? Had you, like, pr- like looked into it prior to kind of getting into it like that?
1: Uh, I never went the backyard wrestling. I just wanted to, like, straight up go to a school. Like, I just, you know what I mean? I was already, like, going crazy with a skateboard. I was just more in the mood of, like, okay, I want to learn this the right way, like, as best as possible. I don't want it. You know what I mean?
0: Were you always like physically fit? Like, cause obviously now you've got like, you know, wrestler physique, but were you always like into working out?
1: Hell no. <laughs> I was just like skating. Like I said earlier, I was 120 pounds and I was like 21 years old. It was so like, it was bad. Like, you know, I was scanning bones. Like I wasn't eating. I wasn't working out. I wasn't, you know what I mean? It yeah. was just like, Yeah
0: well like and so when you get into wrestling what are your first thoughts like what did you think about it when you when you kind of experienced it for the first time like how did this compare to to what you thought it was going to be like
1: oh i remember my first day of wrestling practice i uh my trainer was like how do you feel after bumping and everything i was like i feel good like and he's like uh normally everybody's like in pain and i was like Oh well, let me show you some videos of like my skating. And then he saw, he's like, "Oh yeah, damn, never mind. This is way more intense than wrestling." <laughs> <laughs> so I just remember that being like my first like day at practice. Uh,
0: those videos that you're talking about, the skating ones, did you show them those? St- like that was the stuff because you you were on TV for some of that shit.
1: Yeah. What were the? Yeah. St- I them go on. All that stuff. Yeah, I just showed him all the stuff that I filmed with, with like for Tony Hawk's YouTube channel and just random shit like that. So.
0: And like uh ridiculousness, yeah, one time too, and that was like where you did the you, you did the stair set or something
1: I did the stair i did I was on that show probably like ten times in the span of like three years, but I always looked so different from like my big ass mohawk to my mullet to you know what I mean, so <laughs> maybe you just couldn't tell it was me,
0: so what was your yeah like so uh, did you submit videos to get on that show, or how does that process work?
1: No, uh, Matt Schlager, He did an episode. He did the thirteen flat thirteen in the rain, and they he ate shit like really hard, and then they flew him out there. So, anyways, he was like a skate friend of mine, and then he just linked me up with the producer. And then the producer was like, "Yeah, send us everything you got." So it was like a monthly thing. I would just purposely go film weird shit for them. So,
0: what were some of the things that you filmed that got rejected or that didn't make the cut? Oh, when we, me, my
1: brother, my friend drove from Tempe, Arizona to Vegas five hours with the windows rolled up, wearing diapers, taking X-locks and shit in our pants for five hours straight and the loser, (laughs) the loser, whoever rolled down the window first lost. And if you lost, you get smacked in the face with the diapers, but no one like wanted to lose, you know, the pride was too strong. But in the end, I think we were all losers, you know,
0: (laughs) in the end, there is no winner. I'll tell you that much. (laughs)
1: no there was no winner that that was that was ranked and i remember also we had an appointment to uh go sk- jump off the stratosphere in vegas when we got there and then uh i remember like we didn't shower we literally wiped off with like paper towels only so i jump off the stratosphere and the guy's unhooking me at the end and he's like hey were you nervous up there did you like crap your pants or something i was like no i actually crapped my pants hours ago <laughs> <laughs> It was.
0: Oh, that is
1: fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it, they didn't take that for some reason. I don't know why. I
0: wonder why. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> you found a line. You found a line that we can't cross.
1: It's weird because they're like, we can't use this. But like, they're like legit. I feel like they air sometimes like people dying in car accidents. Yeah, they, I must, see they must make stuff, sure that
0: people don't die, right?
1: I don't know. I have no idea like some of these videos are just so crazy like yo that was like I think someone died and the fans are like oh yeah, yeah. like I think the dude blew up in the car
0: <laughs> well that's the thing right like there's a, there's this sort of need to escalate like this yeah. ever need to like the next you know version of jackass has got to be X number of times more extreme than the previous one
1: yeah that's crazy
0: and so eventually it's going to get to people driving down the highway, shitting their pants. It <laughs> was bound to happen. Just, yeah. Uh, what were some of the other, uh, kind of, because like not all that, everything was scatological, right? Like sometimes it was like, Oh no, that one time you did that crazy, you licked that wall.
1: Oh yeah. The gum wall in Seattle. Like there was that famous tour spot where everyone, all the tourists put their gum in this alley away on the wall. And it's like famous in Seattle. And then I just, like, licked the whole thing and then ate the side off of it. But, uh yeah, I I, did, I honestly didn't know why. I didn't know that was going to get so big because it was, like, pretty popular, like, online. It had, like, a million views. And it was, like, weird. I didn't know that it was going to – you know what I mean? I just yeah. moved back from film school. And that was, like, the first week I moved back from film school. And I was, like, I'm in the mood to do something stupid, you know? And so, like, let's just see what's up. And I was, like, oh, lick the gum wall. So. Is that, like, what's the –
0: what? what motivates you to do these things? Like, is it, you know, because is it artistic expression or is it more like, I think it's
1: more of like, okay, when we're on our like dying day, mm-hmm. I want to think about everything that I've done compared to everything I didn't do. Yeah. And I just want you know what I mean? I just want to be like, God, remember all that weird crap, you know, instead of playing it so easy. So I think that's like, what drives me a lot is just to be like, just to say you've done it, you know? Cause like, I'm not really going to like want to like crap my pants five hours straight in a car again. It's kind of like a, like just do it once and just go, Oh, that was awesome. You know, but it's not like,
0: well, like with wrestling though, is this something where does this fulfill? Obviously not the desire to shit your pants at one time, but like, does it fulfill the desire to kind of like do this, you know, more than once, you know, or is it still kind of like pursuing each of these goals just to say you've done them once?
1: Yeah, I think it's – with wrestling, though, like, it's like, yeah, I want to have that feeling again. You know what I mean? Like, you long to have that, like, you know, the feeling where someone's, like, you know, like, whether it's, like, a PWG crowd or something like that. People are like, yeah, like, you feel like that outer body experience, like, halfway through your match, which is, like, you know, obviously, like, sick. But, uh, yeah, I think that's – something that I want to like get again and again and again. So
0: when you started wrestling, did you know that you were going to try and approach it differently? Or did you first kind of get into it and be like, I want to be just like what everyone else is doing or like, what was your,
1: <laughs> no, hell no. I always wanted to be different, but, uh, I didn't know how. And then like, I just remembered, I just like did it. Cause everyone at my wrestling school were like, you know, generic characters like just wrestler, like kind of like uh, cookie cutter wrestlers and shit like that. And I was like, I want to be different, but how do I do it? And then you know, so I was like, I don't know. It just kind of naturally happened. And then um, once I knew I could get recognition for being myself in wrestling, I was off to the races. So there was like, because a lot in the very beginning, there's a lot of self doubt, being like, dude, should I just like try to play safe, maybe get wrestling gear. Cause I was wearing just like jeans all the time and stuff like that. So I was like, but hell no, you gotta be yourself no matter what. So
0: Yeah. Well, and, but wrestling seems like one of those places where, you know, you kind of have to play the, by the rules in the beginning, you know, or at least from what I understand as an outsider, like there's, you know, it seems like a place where trying not to play by the rules would kind of be looked down upon. Especially by someone just coming into the business.
1: Yeah, but I kind of just stuck to my guns on things, Mm -hmm. and I never like you know gave in with like what people wanted me to do or how to you know do it. And then uh, it just kind of it paid off fairly quick, I'd say.
0: Yeah, no, it's 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 incredible. Like like how like how many years have you been wrestling now? This is year four. It's ridiculous. So not, uh, and once again, though, like, you know, you, this was something that you've been preparing for since grade five. Yeah. Well, who were some of your favorite wrestlers when you were a kid? Uh,
1: Mysterio, Mankind, Jeff Hardy, Kane.
0: Yeah. All of them too are like, you know, it wasn't like the rock or even like stone cold.
1: Yeah. I just, uh
0: they were also like badass obviously but like yeah
1: there's something about like you know what i mean like you know a f hardy or mankind or like you know what i mean I, there's something about it where i was like oh like it fits more of an alternative even though stone cold's like super alternative i get that but you know what i mean though no, like it's just like yeah seem like more feasible you know what i mean so
0: yeah like stone cold could be someone's dad, even at that point. Right. But like, you're looking at Jeff Hardy, you're like, no, that guy's like, that guy's a true freak when you're a kid.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and even like, you know, even, uh, even Mysterio kind of felt like, even though he was a champion for, you know, at that point, you know, he felt like an outsider champion too.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: And it, it really kind of, you know, just like your whole life, it seems like you kind of have, you know, you know, a real aversion to rules, but also like a, a real kind of like identification with stuff that's on the fringe and on the outside.
1: Yeah. Like I'm all down to follow the rules. If I believe in the rules, I don't want it to like, if go against something I believe in, it's like these fuckers that say, Oh, you have freedom, but I hold the key. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, you. I hold the key. Like I do. You know what I mean. And I'm down to like collaborate with people and come up with stuff, as long as I believe in it. And I don't want to be told like what to do. Like I'm. I love getting together and collaborating with people about things. But when they just straight up say this is what you're doing, I'm like, dude. Save that for homeboy that has no personality and lifts weights all day that you know doesn't give a shit about character and the, you know the puppets like save that for the puppets
0: yeah it's you know you mentioned right there too the collaboration aspect of it and i guess like wrestling is is a true collaboration like a one-on-one collaboration and it's you know for it to be successful every time yeah so it's yeah you have to you do follow some rules
1: (laughs) yeah but like I I respect those giving me the rules, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to wrestling, it feels like we're at a really interesting time where there's a lot of people out there kind of creating their own rules, you know, or, or making their own realities. And it feels like, you know, yourself, you're part of a wave of people that just kind of came up and kind of, you know, like didn't fit traditional molds of wrestling. Did you feel that like when getting, getting into it? Like there was like an energy of, of new people in the business or getting into it? Yeah,
1: definitely. Now more than ever, like definitely more now than ever. I feel like people have the, you know, the market to be themselves and to be creative and to create whatever the hell they want to create. And, uh, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I definitely sense it.
0: Uh, have what, what's your dream Band to write an entrance theme for you.
1: Hmm. God, alive or dead?
0: <laughs> Let's go dead first. Okay, dead first. Um,
1: God, I don't even know. That's such a tricky question.
0: Like, cause I don't. Pressure's on. Yeah, like it's it's like you want something that's like catchy and atmospheric you know like it might not be your favorite band you
1: i know? don't know man like right now like i'm coming out to like walking the beat by the nuns mm-hmm. and i just feel like that that just works you know like, i don't know you know what i mean so
0: yeah no i, I get it i totally get it and I, you probably being a wrestler don't play this game as much as people that aren't wrestlers play that game so <laughs> i've got i got answers yeah, prepared we, for days if you need to ever ask me we, that question. what am really i using very,
1: uh, Rumer Terry is probably like one that I'd love to have film, uh, to like make a song, you know what I
0: mean? Yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome. There's like, it's weird though. Like how many bands love wrestling? Like, you know, you put it out there in the world. Like you never know who's going to come back and be like, yeah, we got a song for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I I totally, I, uh, want to start working more with, um, like, you know, wickifays and fury and even you guys, you know, fucked up and stuff. I like, I was like, damn, I just want to like work with all these like bands, like whether it's like just like stuff for promos or, you know, stuff for like vignettes and all this like crap. It'd just be fun to use people's bands that you're like close with, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah,
0: no, definitely. I think that's the, uh, uh, like, it feels like this is the moment where there's wrestling for everyone, right? Like you yeah. might not be into the, the muscly person, but there is that muscly person if you are into that, but you're, you you know, you might be into the, the guy that, that likes punk rock, or you might be into the, the wrestler that's down with like emo, you know, you might be yeah. into the wrestler that's down with like, there's just like a wrestler for everyone. It feels like right now. Yeah. And, and there's yeah. a lot of punk dudes. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, but
1: unfortunately, there's a lot more people that characters punk rock. When you talk to them, they don't know shit about it, but they think it looks cool. Like gothic punk rock. There's a lot of uh, those people right now, unfortunately, too. But
0: Well, they can't all be coming out to the nuns, Darby. Maybe they just don't fit your definition of punk.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'm sick of hearing fucking Godsmack i'm not the one so far away and i was like
0: have you ever wanted to do a band
1: yeah yeah i think it'd be sick uh actually sing some songs and priscilla plays keyboard oh really yeah but they're not serious songs they're crazy they're just weird songs about uh I don't know.
0: You guys could <laughs> form a new. You guys could form like an Atlanta version of the Nuns, like Priscilla on keyboard, you on vocals. You just gotta. I can hook you up with some friends that play other instruments.
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting. I I, I wouldn't mind doing that, like uh, as a side project for sure. Like I love doing side projects on everything. So.
0: Yeah, like what what motivates you now? Is it just the constant pursuit of creativity? Like you're obviously making films again. You know, you're wrestling still. Is it just? Do you feel that? the need to constantly be creating.
1: Yeah. And just like as much stuff and like meeting different people from all forms of entertainment, you know, and all different, like, so not just be so stuck in this bubble. So it's like, that's like, that's what drives me. Like Oh yeah. I hung out with the dude from Baker skateboards. I stayed at his house for like a week and hung out at the Baker warehouse and skated there. Oh, I hung out with like wickifays on Saturday and like went to Dave and Buster's and Oh, I, you know, have this interview with Damien from fucked up. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's cool to like, instead of just being like, yo, I, uh, watched the pay-per-view with this wrestler. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, I just like to be like as much hands and pots as possible.
0: But I think it also speaks to the reach of wrestling too. Like, you know, yeah, I know, I know Wiccafays a little bit and obviously I know Baker Skateboards as someone who knows of Baker Skateboards, but like, I don't know either of them personally, you know, and, and yet. We all are fans of wrestling.
1: Yeah, like my uh my filmer that films all my promos, he films for Thrasher magazine. His name is uh Max Yoder. And uh he we actually met through wrestling. He, like I was good friends with the skater and then uh he's like, Yo, there's this wrestler that skates too named Darryl Allen, you should like hang out with him and he's at a, he's in Atlanta, so we got together and I was like, Oh sick. So he's really into wrestling and I'm really into skateboarding. So he can show me the skate world and I'll show him the
0: wrestling world. So. <laughs> exactly. It's the perfect symbiotic relationship.
1: Yeah. It's you know?
0: awesome. And it's also just like, it's, it just, that's why I love, you know, wrestling is because you can find, you know, it's the only thing that, you know, around the world, it goes around the world. Like there's, you know, I've, I've been around the world and I didn't see punk in all the places that I saw wrestling. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, dude. Man, I can't remember the last time I saw someone with like a big ass mohawk and a studded jacket. And I was in Los Angeles all week and I still didn't see nobody. It's like, it seems like so like hard, you know, weird like to come across like someone who's like, you know, looks like your average punk rocker. But it's just like, it's, I don't see it as much as, you know, you would think.
0: Yeah, no, well, it's, it's, it, it, it I, I'm sure like, you know, the stuff exists and people like exist in their, their scenes. And it's a lot of work, I guess, to charge the hair all the time. But as you would know better than I would, uh, but it you're right. Like it feels like that kind of like visual identifier of punk rock is, is less and less prevalent.
1: Yeah. It's, um, I don't know. Cause I remember when I had this like huge ass mohawk, it was massive. And then I remember like, I would be riding in the Metro bus all the time. And then people on the bus would be like, i I ain't never seen that before. And I was like, well, you guys have been living under a (laughs) rock. Like, it's just like, you know, and they're like, you got your fingernails painted. Like what the hell? And these, granted these people saying this to me have their face tattooed and they're like, I've never seen anyone with their fingernail painted. I'm like, dude, it looks like you've seen a thing or two and you (laughs) have.
0: Well, you know, maybe we're the, we're, you know, that was pre fashion face tattoo too, I would imagine. So, I think now people yeah. with face tattoos have probably seen charged hair a little more prevalently.
1: Yeah, this was, you know, last year. So Oh, oh last no.
0: year? You had a walk last year? No, this is when I had uh, just my fingernails painted. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you definitely, uh, as you say, have had some extreme haircuts over the years.
1: Yeah. Some <laughs> by accident, some by choice.
0: uh. Well, Darby, I would love to have you on for a part two at some time. And I think we're both going to be in Las Vegas, maybe at the same time. So would you like to come on a part two at some point? Punk rock bowling, baby. I know. I know. I'm going to, well, I I don't know. I don't know if I could take another chop to the chest from you on stage, but I'll I'll bring you out on stage and raise your hand victoriously.
1: (sighs) That sounds good. That'd be awesome. Awesome,
0: man. Thanks for coming on the show. Oh yeah, man. Thank you, Darby, for coming on this show. And you heard right there, Darby will be back at some point in the near future uh, when our stomachs settle, because I don't know how much more scatological uh, stories we can take right now, right? You know, but uh, until that point, tonight on Viceland, you can watch Darby Mace's friend on The Wrestlers. It's a scene to be remembered for sure. And also some other incredible stuff with Austin's. Theory and Fred Yehi and, you know, Gabe Sapolsky, Neurosis super fan, Gabe Sapolsky. There is Easter egg for you fans that have made it to this point in the show. Um, there is an Easter egg tonight in that there are a Gigi Allen song and a Neurosis song featured in the episode. So there you go. Tonight at 10 p.m. on Viceland to check that out. Whew. All right, speaking of checking things out, next week on the show, you got to do yourself a favor and check out the artist that was brought up by our friend Darby Allen right there. Wiki Phase is on the show next week, and it is one to be remembered. Here's someone who's inventing a new genre and someone that's on the cusp of, or on the cusp, sorry, on the wave of something that's changing music for a lot of people. um, And and it comes from punk rock yet again. I love this episode. This was a really fun conversation. I'm excited for everyone to check it out. Also, befitting that... Adam Wiccaface was someone that I first heard about on the Everything Evolves podcast, a podcast about the wrestling show featured on tonight's episode of The Wrestlers. So there you go. It always comes back to punk rock and wrestling in my life. And uh, I'm smoking a lot of cannabis in that episode, so it comes back to my third passion, too. You know, not on the episode of of The Wrestlers, but there are some wild cannabis stories from that behind the scenes. But we'll get to that on Oil and Flowers, you know? I got a whole other separate Canvas podcast where we can talk about that stuff with Buddha Blaze. So don't worry. I won't talk about it here anymore. Uh, That's it for me. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you check out that TV show tonight. Thank you for supporting this podcast. The Patreon people, of course. I love you, Patreon people. Most of all, love the Vans people more than that, though. No, I'm just kidding. About the same. About the same. Tristan, though, I love you, buddy. You're my brother, so I got to love you more than that. Uh, also, uh, go out there and make your own culture and sign your organ donor cards because, yeah, please, 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 please go out there and sign your own organ donor's cards because when you're gone, you're not going to need those things. So pass them on to someone who does. Uh, that's it. Uh, I love you all, and I will see you next